Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Ah, uh, yes, he is. Ladies and gentlemen, you can join Doug Oster and me, Rob Pratt, right now by dialing 866-391-1020. If you're the 10th caller at 412-922-1020, you'll win a $25 gift certificate from Sorgles. Coming up in just about a half hour, Talking Trees, uh, Davy Tree, the expert company Dick Till, will tell us all about the insects and diseases that he is seeing. Ladies and gentlemen, he is always all-knowing and all-seeing when it comes to gardening. DougOster.com. Here is Doug Oster. Good morning, Doug. Good morning, Rob. I'm sure you're loving that uh, weather forecast with the hot day today and tomorrow. Absolutely. The heat is on. Love it. Well, let's talk a little bit about watering. Uh, You know, it's best to get out there in the morning if you can. Of course, after the show. We don't want you to miss the show. Uh, but that's a good time to water. You know, I, I, I just did an interview uh, about watering and, and watering uh, turf grass, and it, it's just unadvisable to do it in the middle of the day because uh, you, you don't want that sun beating through that water and heating things up. So get out there in the morning, base of the plant if you can, uh, and really soak it in. That's a, an important part of this. You don't want to just sprinkle. You want those roots to go down there deep. And I've started watering. Even though we had a lot of rain, I've been watering certainly containers, keep an eye on containers, and watering some other stuff too. But as I said, you get the most bang for your buck with your water when you get it out there early in the morning. You don't get as much evaporation. It gets the plants ready for the day, and it's just the best way to do things. And if plants like tomatoes that are susceptible to fungal diseases, they need to dry off. So... That's why we water in the morning. And good time to be fertilizing, too, uh, especially containers. You know, I talk a lot about that fertilizer. Uh, it's called Dramatic. Uh, they're, you know, it's from the Dram Corporation. No one's paying me to say that. This is just what I use, and I've just fallen in love with this stuff. It, it, I, I had somebody send me a message the other day said that they applied the Dramatic, and they swore that overnight the plants grew and so I, I agree, you know, I'm putting it on my containers every time I'm watering this time of the year, uh, just because the plants in those containers are going to eat up all those nutrients. And it's just, it's just good to give them a little bit of a boost, especially through this, this hot weather. You know, yesterday I was working, actually, I wrote a story about a place called Hope Grows. And I'm, I'm looking forward to the story publishing uh, at the, the Green Voice, which is part of Pittsburgh Earth Day, which I'm where I do my writing now, and uh, Hope Grows is a a wonderful garden in Moon Township, and the idea of Hope Grows is that they're giving uh, support to family caregivers, 
and you know giving them some respite and giving them some even just to, to talk on the phone but a beautiful you know like eight different gardens for people to either enjoy in person or virtually i think you like the story and i uh, had a story that ran last week that i want to tell you about it's a garden that you can see that i'd waited 15 years to finally see it's called Choderwood, and it's in Highland Park. You won't believe where it's at, actually. Uh, it's at the intersection of, oh, what other roads? Allegheny Boulevard and Washington. It's in this weird place where you couldn't imagine a beautiful garden would be, but it is a stunning garden. It is open to the public on July 11th as part of the Highland Park Secret Garden Tour. Again, you can find all this information at DougOster.com. You know, to go on that tour, it's only $15, and that includes Choderwood and a bunch of other gardens, but Choderwood is right on the river, sits way above the river, a historic property uh, where the lock, lock masters from the dam back in the early 1900s would live there. And, uh, you know, the, the couple that lives there have just made this beautiful, contemplative, wonderful garden. And uh, what I loved about the story, too, was that they told me about uh, – Bill Tribue, who passed away, he was a guy who founded uh, Plumline Nursery, and uh, I, I have a connection with Plumline, and to, to hear that part of this garden was designed and built by Bill was really exciting, and, and you know, they, they were just so touched that, you know, he put himself into this garden. So it's called Choderwood. You can see it July 11th. You should go see this garden. It, it, it's just amazing. And after I was done working yesterday, went out and just spent a little time watching the pollinators. Uh, I have got these four beautiful hydrangea shrubs, and it's a hydrangea that is called White Dome. And so it's a type of hydrangea that is a reliable bloomer. You know, it's not pink or blue, but it is a beautiful white and the pollinators were all over it. I actually made a video, a time-lapse video of the flowers, seeing how many pollinators came over three hours. And so I posted that to my Facebook page. But, you know, with how busy we are, you know, like, I, you know, I had a beautiful day yesterday. I'm sitting inside on the computer writing a story and doing all sorts of other stuff. But just to get out there in the garden and, and watch the pollinators midsummer, start of summer, it's, it's just absolutely wonderful. I have a couple trips in the works. If you're interested, I'm going to Costa Rica in February. And then in May, it's off to England for the Chelsea Flower Show, the Gardens of England. And then we're going to cross over to Holland to see this thing called Floriad, which is uh, only happens every 10 years. That second trip is almost sold out. Uh, I have added, I was able to figure out, add a few seats to that one. Uh, Costa Rica is starting to fill up, too. Just look at those at DougOster.com. If those are the right for you, I'd love to travel with you. The Costa Rica is the best price point I've ever had on a trip. It's cheap to go to Costa Rica compared to going, going to Europe. Uh, for you garlic growers out there, first off, be sure to get those scapes off. Uh, we talked about that a week or two ago. You don't want the a plant like garlic or onions to be producing seeds. You want to remove that stalk. But keep an eye on them. I've pulled a few, and they're very close. Mine are very close to, to time to harvest. You don't want to wait too long. You'd rather get there a little early if you can. Uh, that's best for storage. Uh, and the ones I pulled, there's, you know, for us garlic lovers, there is just nothing like that garlic out of the out of the ground. And, and this early stuff that you get, that, that uh, papery sheath hasn't uh, hardened up yet. So it's kind of soft and 
I refer to those cloves as juicy, filled with garlic oil. And uh, I've already started giving those away to other members of the family who have been asking, like, when's the garlic ready? When's the garlic ready? And, man, I'm telling you, get out there to the nurseries. Some of these places have great deals right now. Uh, I was I, I actually, you know, I went to Plumline uh, after I wrote that story, and they had their annuals at 75% off. I couldn't believe it. Uh, those are gone. I got I swooped in right before dumpster time and, and, and bought an entire truckload of plants. I heard some, one of my friends told me about a nursery she went to, and she got two hellebores uh, in four-inch pots on the dollar table. And so, yeah, look for some stuff that needs some TLC. Look for some stuff on sale. And this is the time for our final tomato and pepper planting. Uh, I'm planting around July 4th as my last tomato planting. And I know, you know, I talk about it all the time. I know it seems really late. But if you put in a early girl, a sun gold, a 4th of July, some one of these early tomatoes late in the season, they have much less chance of getting fungal issues because they love the warm soil and the warm air temperatures. Uh, this is not the day to plant. These next 90-degree days is not great days to plant, but as soon as the weather breaks, we can put those in. But also, bush beans and pole beans can still be planted. When that garlic comes out, I'm putting bush beans in right away. All right, Rob, we ready for a break? We are ready for a break. Back with more and your phone calls next with Doug Oster. And he is ready to talk to his listeners. And let's begin with Jackie in Brentwood for Doug Oster. Good morning, Jack. Welcome to KDK. Good morning. Good morning. What's your question? Okay. I have a Van Fleet climbing rose. The storm tore it down, and I have to take it back up. But when can I trim it? Uh, You know, I wouldn't want to do that trimming until actually in the spring the only the only reason they really need trimmed is is if they're in the way. Um, and so, how big was it that that it got knocked down, and how hard is it going to be to get that back up onto its support? Uh, quite difficult, I'm sure. It's it's yeah. pretty big. It's about a uh, three feet across, and uh, I guess three feet high. You know, three for right now, high. right now, what I'd recommend is is trying to figure out a way to gently get it up on its support again, you know, tie it up on there, uh, then I would I would be watering and fertilizing right now, fertilizing with this thing called Rose Tone. Uh, it's okay. from Espoma. It's, it's easy to find. It, it's only $8 a bag, and you should be able to find it at any, uh, any one of our sponsors. And, and don't worry about the trimming until next spring, actually, and only if it's in the way. Uh, you know, and good luck with that because that, that is a great rose. And it, you know, the it's thing is, beautiful, it, it, but it's, yeah. it's down hanging down on the lawn now, and, and it, it is in the way. I'm going to try to get it back up on the fence, the support. But when I take it out, do I take the old canes out? Well, anything, anything that's that's dead wood, any any you know brown dead wood that can come off. Uh, but other than that, I, I would kind of, I would want to leave it as is, and as I said, gently get it up onto that fence, and then give it some TLC with water and fertilizer, and and don't worry about the trimming until till next year. We want that plant to come back on its own. All right, thanks very much for the call. All right, here's Pam in Aspenwald for Doug Oster. Hi, Pam. Welcome to KDKA. Hi, thank you very much. I am calling about scale that is on a holly hedge along my driveway. 
I did spray it and I took some of the bad leaves out. Um, I was wondering if when the leaves fall down on the ground, should I be scraping those leaves off the ground and how far back should I be trimming the holly? And then also, you mentioned three weeds not to pull but to cut, and I missed those. If you could repeat what they are, I'd appreciate it. Okay, let's start with the weeds. There are There are three different weeds, and I'm sure there are more than three, but these are the three main ones that... If you pull them, it exasperates that root. To, it kind of makes it go into a panic mode, and it makes more. And so the first is one called Japanese knotweed. People often refer to it as bamboo. It's not really a bamboo. It, it's this, uh, you know, it's everywhere now. It's invasive. And and in about a month, it'll start with, with white blooms all over it. it. It's actually, ironically, a good pollinator plant, but it is an awful invasive. And so that... That one, Canadian thistle, uh, which are, we, we sometimes refer as jaggers, and then one called bindweed, which looks like when it flowers a white morning glory. Those we just want to cut to the ground with a string trimmer or some other way and keep cutting until you exhaust that plant. The plant huh. needs that top growth to feed the bottom. And so, with and the, the hardest one to to get rid of is that Japanese knotweed. It might take you all season. It might take two seasons of cutting it down, but it, it works. Now, for the scale on the holly, that first off, yeah, any leaves that are falling, let's remove those. Let's let's get those out of there. Um, I would be more tempted to try and treat the scale itself instead of just cutting the leaves back. You know, I know you're losing leaves due to the scale, but but. Coat that scale with something called horticultural oil. If you can actually see the scale and 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 touch it, and there's not too much of it, you know, just taking a, a Q-tip with some rubbing alcohol will do a good job. Scale, scale is a pain. You know, it, it's a it, it's showing us also too that the plant is is struggling. And so, besides treating the the scale with horticultural oil or or alcohol or both. Also, we want to feed that plant, and as we talked about the roses, we said rose tone. For the holly, we would use holly tone. Uh, so get, you know, when we see scale on a plant, we know that it, that it is struggling, and so let's get that plant growing strong. Work on the the, the scale uh, with the horticultural oil and a little bit of rubbing alcohol, and you'll be you'll be good to go. The other thing, hollies are really tough. Uh, they can usually outgrow. Uh, any kind of problem. Thanks very much for your call. All right, let's try to get one more. We've got two minutes to the break. Here's Vince. Hey, Vince, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you? Good, sir. What's your question? Good to hear in your show every week. Uh, I'd like to know what I can use on my cabbage to keep those uh, nasty cabbage butterfly larvae from eating them. Uh, okay, that, that's a great question because that is the probably the number one question this time of the year is cabbage worms. And uh, what we want, want to do when we first plant anything from that family, and this ship has sailed, but uh, we cover it with something that stops that, that butterfly from laying its eggs. It's called a floating row cover. Well, that's, that's past. You know, the, every time, if you look out in the garden today, you'll see those little white butterflies everywhere. They'll lay their eggs. Those hatch out into a cabbage worm. And then the cabbage worms just, you know, defoliate, whether it's kale, cabbage, broccoli, collards, whatever it might be, 
Uh, first line of defense for me, and this is disgusting, is just I'm squishing them by hand when they're really little. I'm looking through the, the leaves, and I'm getting to them. Uh, that I, the only thing out there from that family I have growing right now is kale, and they've been after it. And so that really knocks down the population. The next thing, there's this uh, organic control, and you can find it just about anywhere at uh, any good nursery, any one of our sponsors. It's called Captain Jack's dead bug brew and i know that's kind of a funny name but how it works is you spray it on the plant when the cabbage worm ingests it uh what's in that captain jacks can't hurt us it can't hurt the good bugs but it affects the nervous system of the pest and so it's a safe way to deal with them and there's one other thing that we use for cabbage worms and it just has two initials b is in boy t is in tom and that stands for bacillus thuringiensis I probably said thuringiensis wrong, but that's the way I say it. Uh, and that's another organic control. Again, where the, the, the pest will ingest that BT, and then it, it stops it from feeding and eventually kills it and, uh, in a safe way. You know, when I first started gardening, I tell this story all the time, how I didn't know what to do, and I, I reached for chemicals, and uh, my kid who was like a, a toddler was walking through that stuff and so that was my epiphany so that'll take care of your cabbage worms all right rob we ready for a break we're ready for a break then dick till and the davy tree segment known as talking trees coming up next with doug we'll also have that 25 dollars gift certificate to give away the good people at janowski's getting ready for another business day at 9 a.m out there at the farm route 30 in clinton next hour kid-friendly meals joe and frank then tc coons cooking hour heffron tillotson your money and you then a busy day today on the Coons Market Black and Gold Sunday Show here at Odyssey, 100.1 FM, AM 1020, KDK. Rob Taylor next in three minutes with your news. We're joined by Dick Till from the Davy Tree Expert Company. We talk all about insects and diseases. And, Dick, my first question is, how do you pick the bugs out of your teeth after you drive that fancy motorcycle on the freeway? <laughs> well, I just can't smile as much. <laughs> we had a question about scale on holly. Uh, is that something that you, you've you've seen uh, during the beginning of the summer here? Yeah, as a matter of fact, any of the sucking insects um, are real bad this year. Um, the uh, scale um, aphids, uh, the hemlock woolly adelgids, all those insects have uh, sucking mouth parts, and they set up camp and insert their little stylet mouth part into the leaves or twigs and suck the juice out of them and uh like you're talking about the oils you know oils and soaps are uh pretty effective on those but they are hard to control because uh, most of them have a waxy surface on their body you know once they set up camp and start feeding uh, that's why a lot of them are white like the hemlock woolly adelgids they almost look like snow on the hemlock limbs and needles and uh that white is actually wax, so it's just like having wax on your car. When you put water on it, and it beads up and runs off. It's you know hard to get it to soak into the plant there. For, for the scale, what is the best time to treat with with something like that? Um, is it in the crawler stage? Is that what they call it? Yeah, yeah, right when the eggs are hatching. Uh, yeah, the, the mature adults are the hardest to control. But, yeah, if you get them right when the eggs are hatching and the crawlers are moving around before they, um, you know, set up their place to feed, um, you know, that's, they're most susceptible in the crawler stage. When is that for scale, like on something like holly? 
Um, it's right about now, maybe even a little bit earlier. And there's soft scales, um, like on uh, magnolia trees, and um, I can't think of any right now, but um, there's soft scale and hard scales, and the hard scales are definitely harder to control. Yeah. And, uh, but, uh, you know, the soaps and oils, if you keep up with it, um, it'll take a little while, but that's uh, one of the most effective controls. Uh, any other pest problems we've seen early in the summer? Um, besides the sucking insects, you know, uh, like I was saying, too, the lace bugs are really bad this year. If you have uh, azaleas, rhododendrons, um, pieris, you know, the andromeda plants, um, and the lace bugs feed on the underside of the leaf. So if you're, um, you know, treating, trying to treat those, you have to make sure you hit the underside of the leaf to take care of them. And uh, they're easy to tell uh, when you have them, even looking at the upper surface, it's kind of bleached out from where they're sucking the chlorophyll out of the leaves um, from underneath. And, um, you know, there's some things you got to watch out for, I'm sure. You know, a lot of people have heard about the uh, spotted lanternflies that are mainly out in eastern PA, but they seem like they're slowly working their way this way. Um, keep an eye out for those. Um, gypsy moths, you know, 20 or 25 years ago, they were really bad around here. And um, there were some uh, natural fung fungus that kind of took care of them. But now we're seeing a big flare-up of gypsy moths around. So if you see a real pretty caterpillar with blue and red dots on his back there. Those are the gypsy moth caterpillars, and they eat everything. Oaks are their favorite, but uh, if you start seeing those, um, it's good to give somebody a call and try to get rid of those. You know, for the things like the sucking insects and, then, and also the lace bugs, uh, is a little bit of this also about the, the health of the plant itself? Will, will that help uh, fight this off? Yeah, that's most insects and diseases uh, take advantage of stressed plants, you know, weakened and stressed plants. And, you know, a lot of people kind of forget last year, last summer we went for two months, you know, there's a good eight, nine weeks where we didn't have any rain at all. And that really put a hurting on a lot of plants. And, um, you know, a lot of people don't really think about the woody plants as being affected by a uh, you know, drought and dry weather, but um, it does shrink the root system. You know, some of those fine absorbing roots will dry up and weaken the plant, and it's just good to keep them fertilized and watered and healthy to begin with. And, you know, a lot like people, you know, the healthier are to begin with, the least likely are to get, you know, problems. Well, that's why you're always so healthy, right? Because you oh, take yeah, care of yourself. You know, yeah. Right. So let's talk about diseases. What are you seeing out there? What's been bad? Well, early on this year, um, you don't really notice it too much now, but uh, the anthracnose uh, was really bad on sycamores. Um, and we kept getting calls, people saying their sycamores were dying. And uh, just when the new leaves come out and they're real, uh, you know, soft before they harden off, the fungal spores stick real readily to those leaves and when they get infected when they're young like that it makes them shrivel up and fall off a lot of them are refoliating and again that's what weakens the plants there if they have to push out a second set of leaves that's a big stress on the on the plant there um apple scab on the crab apples and apples 
you know, that's just a, a perennial problem. And, again, depending on the, the weather, when you have some warm weather and humid and rain, uh, you know, any fungus loves those conditions. And what else? Uh, you know, at the needle cast that's been on the spruces and, yeah, talk about that needle cast. What does what does that look like? And do we have any? Why has it been so bad? It seems to be bad the last four or five years. Or is that just the way I'm looking at it? No, it's it kind of goes in cycles. Like most insects and diseases, kind of go in cycles. And I think we're getting pretty close to the peak of this needle cast. And uh, especially real susceptible plants like Douglas firs. And you know, Douglas firs are not indigenous to this area. And that's where the, you know, those different diseases really take advantage of plants that, you know, they're not supposed to be here to begin with. Mother Nature never put them here. And uh, it's the same with the blue spruces and the cytospora canker. You know, they're not indigenous to this area. And you can see them in the, uh, like, Rocky Mountains, New England states, and uh, where they're indigenous, they don't have the cytospora canker. But... Around here, it's almost guaranteed once your spruce is 15 or 20 years old, you're going to get the cytospora canker. And what do you do about that? Can you do anything? Not really. The best thing is to keep them, keep them watered and keep them fertilized and keep everything you know, flowing through the plant because it is, it's called a vascular wilt. And the fungus actually plugs up the, you know, the internal plumbing of the tree it's kind of like having clogged arteries. So if you keep moisture in the soil and keep, you know, the the nutrients and the water flowing up to the needles and then the needles make, you know, photosynthesize the food and send it back down, you just got to keep things moving in the plant. And that's where last year with that real drought, that dry um, period we had there really exacerbates problems like the the wilts and even if you have girdling roots and you know, anything that weakens a the plant there when you add in the water stress, that's kind of a double whammy there. So keep the stuff watered, and we talked about this earlier in the show. Early morning is best, but we've got a little bit more than a minute left. How do you fertilize a, a big sycamore tree that has to put on those second leaves? How do you guys do it? Well, the way we do it, we have um, uh, big trucks that we have our own fertilizer that we inject down into the root system and uh, you have a probe that goes down about 10 or 12 inches into the soil and it comes out at 90 degree angles and fills up big areas and you make a grid pattern underneath the, the canopy, you know, all the way out to the drip line and it's a real slow release. You know, you don't want anything like, you know, a lot of lawn fertilizers that are quick release, they tend to be higher in salt and can burn the roots. But it's a real slow release, and um, we inject it right down into the root system. And, you know, keeping them healthy is a lot easier than trying to fix them when something goes wrong. Yeah, definitely. You know, keep those trees healthy. You know, I want to remind people that you can call Davey and get a certified arborist to come right out there, and they come for free to to take a look at what your problem is. I know Dick does that a lot. For more information about Davey Tree or ask what's going on with your trees, just go to Davey.com slash KDKA. And remember, you can always call those experts from Davey Tree at 855-982-TREE. That's 855-982-8733. 
Back with more in a moment. All right, let's get going and take some of these calls for Doug and Mr. Dick Till. We'll begin with Peter in Crafton. Peter, how are you? I'm fine. How are you? Good. What's your question, sir? Uh, my question is, uh, years ago I planted a, uh, uh, I think it was a Japanese purple plum tree. Uh, uh, after several months, you know, I, I walked on, just going to water it, some, you know, put water in my grass and going to water it. And there was ants all over my the trunk of my tree, crawling up and down, up and down. So I sprayed it with a commercial ant and spider killer. Now, did I kill the tree or did... The ants killed the tree. Um, you probably, you know, so just a regular insecticide, even like a, you know, raid ant spray, uh, that won't kill the tree. Um, you probably had some kind of a scale insect on there. Uh, those plum trees are very susceptible to scale. And that's another thing about those sucking insects that we were talking about earlier, the aphids and the scales. When they suck the juice out of the plant, their bodies use the starches and the and the sap for food, and then what they excrete, uh, you know, out of the other side there, is uh, basically sugar water, and that attracts ants and bees and wasps, and and also there's a fungus called sooty mold that grows on this the honeydew that they produce. So the ants are just probably, you know, secondary. Um, you know, even on on big trees, when you have ants bore, you know, eating into the tree, knocking the wood out, um, it's, the tree's usually stressed or has a, a dead area that's easier for the ants to dig at. Um, yeah, they're usually a secondary problem, but uh, it'd be good to have somebody take a look. Is it is it still alive now? Uh, uh, no, the tree died. I had to cut it down. Uh, uh, there was some uh, like moss growing on it. On the is that like like they say out north when you right. want to go north, you look at a tree and the moss grows on it. <laughs> yeah, well, you'll have moss and lichens growing on the on the outer bark, and you know they don't hurt the tree. They're not parasitic on the tree. They just they derive all their nutrients and moisture from the air. But um, how old of a tree was it? About uh, four. Maybe six months old. Wow. Yeah, that's... And you just got to watch the way you plant them, too. You know, you want to make sure you don't plant them too deep and uh, make sure they yeah, have enough Yeah, I plant water. in the middle of my front yard, and it's real sunny all the time. Hmm. Yeah, it's just hard to tell just by talking about it. You know, you got to kind of look at it and see what's going on. But if it was only six months, you know, it might have been planted too deep. And, you know, was there twine around the... The burlap and everything? Uh, no, you? it was just a regular, you know, and I, I fertilized around it with the grass fertilizer and stuff like that. I guess we'll have to find another place to plant it. Yeah, it sounds like a good a good spot for it. Um, you know, it's just hard to figure it out just by talking about it there. You kind of got to take a look yeah, at you it. Always, you always got you always to see that in person, don't you, Dick? Yeah, yeah. yeah I'll try again. Thank you. All right, great call. Listen, Doug, little over a minute left, so I'm going to let you and Mr. Till kind of take us home. Go ahead. Well, one thing, uh, Dick is actually at work today uh, because he's got a lot of those trees. And real quickly, uh, Dick, talk talk about how important it is uh, to get water on those trees, especially in the condition where they're in containers and getting ready to be planted. Right. Yeah, and right now, you know, especially the forecast they're calling for, next couple of days is going to be hot and 
Uh, you know, if there's bright sunshine, you got to watch when you have containerized plants, um, you know, bald and burlap too, but especially the containers. If they're in those black plastic pots and they're exposed to the sun, um, you really need to put the water to them because, uh, you know, with the warm breeze and the sunshine on it, the water, uh, the moisture evaporates pretty quick. And, um, you know, you'll see, you know, the, the new leaves starting to wilt right away. And um, on the woody plants especially, you know, you know when they start wilting, um, they can go downhill pretty quick. So definitely got to keep them watered. And, you know, once you get them in the ground, it's not quite as imperative to do it every day. But right now, this morning here, that's my mission here to keep all these containerized plants going. Yeah, and anybody that has planted uh, a spring, a tree in the spring, should remember that when we get to this period that we need to, to continue to water these trees if we don't get rain. If we don't get a storm this afternoon, if we don't get rain for three, four, five days, you know, get out there in the morning, soak those, soak it in, you know, run the hose at the base of that plant for 15 minutes so that that water gets down in there and you keep that tree watered all summer long, a newly planted tree, it's going to do much better going into the fall. Now, Dick, thanks so, so much for joining us. Remember, more for more information on Davy Tree or to ask what's going on with your trees, go to davy.com slash kdka. And remember, you can always call our experts from the Davy Tree expert company at 855-982-TREE. That's 855-982-8733. How are we doing on time there, Rob? It is time. All right. Remember, organic gardeners. You make our world brighter and safer with each seed you sow and every garden you grow. All right, Doug, great stuff. Listen, don't forget DougOster.com, and he always sticks around for about an hour after the show. He will answer some questions if you go to DougOster.com. Now, it's time to tee up kid-friendly meals from burgers and hot dogs, peanut butter and jelly, protein, delicious, rich, and healthy kid-friendly meals. We're going to be talking about them all coming up on the Coons Cooking Hour with the Dentisi family. And also today at Teffron Tillets and Your Money and You. And that will begin at 9 a.m., two full hours, a chance for you to phone in, get all of your financial questions to help you build a stronger financial portfolio. Lots to get to today as far as our Coons Market Black and Gold Sunday show, Pirates Cardinals 215, wrapping up that series before they head on to Colorado. We'll talk some baseball. We'll talk some hockey. We'll talk some golf. We'll talk some football. Lots still to come today, but right now, a quick break, and then Rob Taylor is back with that news at 8 on Rob Pratt Sunday on Odyssey, 100.1 FM, AM 1020, KDKA. Good morning. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. <laughs> 